you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 4. Last Wednesday we had a dedication service and it's a great night of worship and prayer, but what we did is we went out front and that sign that says the well was covered up with a black tarp. Just a wonderful time, we cut the tarp off and it fell and they went, whoa, and it was so great. And we took a picture. And then we ate. And then we ate. Then we had potluck, yeah. But um, some people have wondered, you know, in nine months, neighbors, you know, they've been walking by. Hey, what are you doing? What's your name? And then, you know, the well, the well, the well has been out there. And uh, there's, I think, things in the seats that explain the well, some information card. And I thought this morning we would look at, at the passage of Scripture, really, that is the basis for, for why we call this the well. So you can understand that it's more than just trying to be cool, right? Sometimes the way, the way, Churchton is in the United States, you know, as a, as a, as a way to try to draw people and, and try to get people interested in church again. You know, sometimes the, the marketing angle kind of swings way over, and then you try to be like ultra cool and ultra hipster, and right, you got to have all this, or else they're not going to come, and you know, we got to have a cool name, and we got to have bumper stickers, nothing against bumper stickers, if that's your thing, right? But sometimes if you're not careful, you just start throwing things out there, hoping that something works, right? And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to hook people, you know? And, and here's the truth. Jesus doesn't need hooks. Jesus is Jesus, and the Word is the Word, and, and we are who we are. And I think you've already got a flavor, you know, if you're new this morning. This is us! And, and you know, we're just real people, and, and we're just doing our best to, to follow Jesus, and understand scripture and we believe that in loving Jesus he says if you love me you'll obey me so just a manifestation of loving Jesus is walking in his truth it's a relationship it's, it's just relational it's all relational around here and, and again the, the trappings that it all happens in you know that's kind of cool but like I said we were cool six and a half years ago and so we were standing with green and white plastic chairs we were still cool right what were we called then Cindy's Den <laughs> Not as cool as the well, right? Hey, you want to come to Cindy's Den? Right? right? So sometimes we get all tied up in knots, and, and then all of a sudden, oh, we can't do this and this, and that's going to drive them away. And, and all of a sudden, you forget about keeping the main thing the main thing, and all you're caught up in is trying to man please. And the Bible says, you know, the fear of man is a snare. You just can't go that way. You just can't go that way. Right? And so, uh, this morning, uh, we're going to look at John chapter 4, just kind of an overview. And as we move forward in the weeks ahead, we're going to look more at John 4, and, and what it says, and what it means for us today. And again, there's Bibles in your pews, if you'd like to borrow one. And again, if you don't own a Bible, we'll love to give you one free of charge before you leave. Just ask Pastor Tyler, and uh, we'll just put a Bible in your hands, okay? John 4, chapter 4, verse 1. The Pharisees heard... That Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. 
Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Now in Roman time, this would have been about 6 p.m. Okay? So, Judea is in the south of Israel. Jesus needs to go north to Galilee. In between the two, in between the two, uh, is a region called Samaria. And that's where, who lives in Samaria? The Samaritans, right? And so, Jesus decides to go through there. The problem is, the Jews and the Samaritans don't get along real well. In fact, they hate each other. So, Jesus kind of intentionally is going into hostile territory. Okay? So, he arrives at this place called, uh, by Jacob's well, about 6 p.m., verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, the time is coming, and when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the time, they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I will speak to you, and he. Okay, it's a long passage, but, but this passage is really the, the, the heart and the foundation of what led us to call this the well. We're still all having Elder Christian Fellowship. We meet here at a place we call the well, right? And, and, and in general, wells were, were kind of significant in the Bible. If you were to look through it, uh, they were landmarks, right? Numbers 21, the wells were seen as landmarks. Travelers in Genesis, travelers would water their camels and herds at wells, okay? In Genesis 24, Genesis 29. But wells were where people met. 
And that, that was really the focus, right? In, in, in Genesis 29, Rachel and Jacob met out of well, right? In Exodus 2, Moses protects and rescues seven sisters, right? And ultimately that leads him to Zipporah, right? So at the well, in, in the Bible, the well, right, of course, they came practically to, to draw water. But more importantly, it was where the community interacted. It was where the community interacted. Right? And one of the things you hear about in our culture today is, you know, we live in this very privatized, very individualistic, very separate culture where everyone just does their own thing. Right? In fact, they say uh, one of the, one of the uh, values that's kind of developed in, in American culture is this idea of personal peace. Two, two core values kind of in, in the world is personal peace and affluence. Right? So affluence is me getting comfortable, me gaining all of this, success, all that kind of stuff. Personal peace means you stay right there. Now I'll stay right here. Right? And so what we develop in our, in our culture these days is these bubbles of personal peace. Ah, just, you know, just leave me alone. Right? And in and, and the Bible, wells were actually places where they came. And community, by choice, we would interact. How's your day? How's your life? It was very much a community feel. And so, when we call this the well, our heart, our passion, our vision, is this. Okay, look around. Go ahead, look around. Look around. If you've met somebody new today, raise your hand. Okay, keep your hands up now, look around. Look at that! It's already a win. Amen? You met somebody new in Ojai. How many of you, how many of you, even in Ojai, I know there's people from out there, how many of you, even in Ojai, drive the same way to Bonds every time? <laughs> you can do it in your sleep. How many of you drive to work the exact same way? How many of you shop the same day and time? <laughs> right? So even in Ojai, little Ojai, we all have our Pretty much the same time, same, right? How many of you on your way to work see the same car? Because you leave the same time. We're just creatures of habit, creatures of routine. Unless we intentionally break that, we just fall into a bubble of sort of personal peace. I do my thing. I challenge you go home a different way today. You, you're allowed to use Siri, Google Maps. If you were thinking of turning left, I challenge you to turn right out of the lot. There's a school called Thatcher? Honey! Honey, we lived here for 25 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even in Ohio, how many of you have made a wrong turn and said, I never knew this existed? Right? Right? So the well was intentionally designed to bring people together, to share lives. Now, is that uncomfortable? Is that a little bit, oh gosh, but I like, you know, uh, you know, that whole. How many adults in this room know that peer pressure didn't end in junior high? <laughs> right? It's the first service at the well. I hear there's going to be a lot of visitors. Right? I'll put all the teenagers at ease in here right now. The adults are as tied up as you right now. <laughs> I'm not even going to think about me. 
Right? And so, so what does God do? He says, no, don't forsake the gathering. Enter into the community of the body of Christ. Get to know one another. Warts and all. Right? Yeah, we step on each other's toes around here. Yeah, you go, oops, you know, sorry, my bad, forgive me, right? You, the congregation knows for six and a half years, and one of my core things is, if you find the perfect church, don't join it. Why? Because you'll mess it up, right? So it's like, who's the church made up of? Imperfect but redeemed people. We are all in process. It's a thing called sanctification for the rest of our life. God is little by little chiseling, little by little. We're a work in progress. So turn to the person next to you and say, he's not done with me yet. Go ahead. Just listen. He's not done with me yet. Right? He's not done with me yet. That, that's, that's what we are, right? I know that even as a youth pastor years ago, right? Let's be real. And as a father of five... Anybody, anybody here ever get in a little argument on the way to church? <laughs> right? You wake up, you're late, you can't find whatever. <laughs> Come to church because we have to worship God. I love Jesus. <laughs> and then a miracle happens when you park. We're here. <laughs> good, I'm fine. Good, good. Well, good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, oh. And then everyone leaves here feeling really bad because everyone has a perfect life. <laughs> like, uh, man, we're messed up because everyone I talk to, their life is great and their kids are great and they're obedient. Not weird, right? Come on. So we, we go to the well. And it's the people. It's just life. We share life. We're sharing life. And so this Samaritan woman, we'll just kind of do a real broad today, this Samaritan woman comes to the well. And Jesus is his boys that left when they go to the city to buy food. So it's just apparently the Samaritan woman and Jesus, and they have this conversation. Right away, the Samaritan woman is like kind of mind blown. Like, why are you talking to me? A, you're a Jew. B, you're you're a male, not a female. This is like breaking all social norm, right? So they have this conversation, and and it's really interesting if you look. Right? Jesus talks about living water. We're going to talk about that in the week's end. But look at verse 15. So Jesus finishes talking about not being thirsty. And verse 15 says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me the water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Verse 16. He told her, Go. Call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, You've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Right? And then she goes into this religious discourse on worship. But this passage right here is really important for us today. When Jesus brings up the topic of, of her husband, right? It's really important. Oftentimes, the first time I, I was, I sat in the teaching and I, and I kind of, you know, you hear something the first time you kind of sway to a certain way. A lot of people, and the first time I read this passage, interpreted this whole interaction right here about her husband and five husbands and, and, and being with someone that's not her husband right now. 
is very harsh. As if Jesus was like, you know, oh, I can't believe you're a sinner. How come you're doing that? You've had five husbands. It's kind of like, just like somehow or another, it got interpreted as just like railing on her. Right? The interesting thing here is if you read the passage just for what it is, Jesus never even uses the word sin in this passage. All he does is speak facts about her story. See, if we put this in context culturally, women, young girls, often married in their teen years. So it actually wasn't uncommon for them to be widows. The husbands were typically much older. So we don't know if she was a widow. In this culture, for the most part, women didn't initiate divorces. Men did. So suddenly, if we're just reading scripture for what it is, she might have been a widow a few times. She may have been uh, divorced, not even of her own choosing. Suddenly, it's not this harsh, you're a sin and clean up your act, Jesus. It's like, hey, I know your story. I know your story. And she's blown away. Right? Suddenly, she says, um, I can feel that you are a prophet. Right? So they're having this topic, this, this sort of conversation on living water, and it goes from sort of this broad, sort of spiritual talk to very personal. And, and she wrestles with this because she's, she's realizing that Jesus knows her story. And the truth is, everybody in this room has a story. A story. And depending on your upbringing, maybe your church experience, your story, you can, maybe, you, maybe you walked in here feeling kind of condemned about your story. A lot of guilt. Right? Maybe more so it's like the Samaritan woman where things happen in your life that maybe are out of your control, quite frankly. And it's all you could do just to be here today. It's quite frankly a miracle that maybe you're still walking on this planet. Maybe it's still a miracle that, that you even want to darken the door of a church for crying out loud. Because of your story. And that's what I love about the well. We want people to come and interact. At this level, the Bible says we're to love one another. But we call this the well because we want people to come and know that Jesus knows your story. Because we've all come. It's just on Sunday mornings we're, we're kind of really good at hiding it. Right? We all have stories. She had a story. I have a story. You have a story. Right? And, and she wants to kind of keep it at this religious, spiritual level. And Jesus is like, no, hey, by the way, this is what I know about you. Right? Then she goes into this thing about worship. Right? But something profound happened to her. Because later in the passage, she goes back to her, her town. And what does she say? Hey! I just met someone who knows all about me! Could he be the Messiah? See, here's the radical thing. When you meet Jesus, and you realize that he knows your story and still loves you, and you respond to him and say, you're going to want to tell people. You're going to want to tell people. Because what, what, who are we in Christ? A bunch of people that just had our stories changed. 
We were going down a certain path. We met Jesus. We became new creations in Christ. And suddenly we see just writing a new story of what it is to walk with Him. Of what it is to walk with Him individually and as a church today. We just are starting a new story as Ohio Valley Christian Fellowship here at the well. It's just a new chapter. It's just a starting new story. We're going to grow. It's not going to be perfect. In the last week since last Sunday to yesterday, we've had two weddings and a dedication service here. We've had over 300 people in this facility since last Sunday. Did it go perfectly? No. Right? The little thing with the sound happened in both wedding ceremonies. Just, just life. Just, just kicking the tires. Right? Right, right? Just doesn't, doesn't always go right off. Right? That's what we do. It's, it's just growth. We have a story. As a church, you're writing a story. In your life and in my life, you're writing a story. And quite frankly, sometimes the story is written by the oops. Anyone? The shoulda, woulda, coulda. The Right? That's, that's all part of the story. We all have a story. Right? And, and in many ways, I understand this Samaritan woman. Right? Because she actually, if you take away the filter of the, she's a sinner, da, 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 and just look at her, she's pretty sharp. She's pretty sharp. She knows her religious beliefs. She knows what the Jews believe. She's interacting with Jesus at a pretty good level. She's not intimidating. They're having a good discussion. Right? And, and I and I include her because she's only doing and interacting with Jesus with what she knows. So her answers are just the way she's been taught. It's her experiences. It's her culture. She's just doing what she knows. And I love that because that's just the starting point. Jesus knows where you come from. He knows where you are today spiritually. He already does. And, and, and we're all on this journey. Maybe you're walking with Jesus. Maybe you're still trying to seek Him out. And our prayer is that you would interact with Him via the Scripture, via the well, right? I remember my first well, right? And, and the well can take on a different form. My first well was when my, my wife, when we were dating 26, 7 years ago. <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> I wasn't saved yet. I was seeking... So she brought me to this Bible study, right? I shared this story with the congregation. Bible study in San Diego on a Friday night. Never been to a Christian thing, right? Grew up in the Roman Catholic tradition, and that was cool. Went to Mass every Sunday. Knew my doctrine, knew my prayers. I could still go to Roman Catholic Mass and participate. That's how deeply ingrained. So I really get her. It's deeply ingrained in me. So she brings me to, to this Bible study on, on Friday night, of all things. It's Friday night. I was going to school at UCLA. Now we go down to San Diego, we had this long distance relationship, but on Friday night, I drive by LA traffic, what are we going to do tonight? We're going to Bible study. Okay. Right? So I have to work through that. And then we go to Bible study, and I'm just trying to figure this out. And some of you met Dennis and Marcy who were at the wedding this last Sunday. Dennis and Marcy were the first believers. They hosted this Bible study in their house. And I share with you, I walk through the door and Dennis comes up and he hugs me. I go to shake his hand and he embraces me. And I'm, you know, self-reliant, pretty independent guy from UCLA. And I'm like, really? 
Why are you touching me? My roommates don't touch me. You know, it was, it was weird. Like weird. Like, come on, man. And, and then they start singing and doing what we do now when I what I leave. Crazy, right? But I had I was I was trying to process it through my story. We can do this. We can talk to God directly. We can sing these kind of songs that are like touchy-feely, lovey-dovey songs to Jesus, right? I was trying to process it because it didn't match my story. It didn't match my story. And and then I went, you know, I did. I started studying, and uh, I graduated political science at UCLA. Then I went to law school for a year. I thought I was going to be an attorney, so I went to the University of San Diego Law School for a year. I thought I was going to go that route, and and that didn't happen. God called me to ministry. But see, my story was I'm pretty, pretty suspicious, pretty analytical, like, eh. And so I did a lot of research on this Christian thing. Is it legit? You know, is it just touching people? Is it a crutch? Right? Because the boys I hung out with at UCLA, I remember one of my roommates flat out said, I don't need God. And she didn't. He was a handsome, smart, good looking guy. And in his life, in his story, he didn't need God. He didn't need that crutch. Right? I went the other way. I was like studying and trying to figure it out. Is this legit, Lord? Is it okay? Because it's, it's not matching my story right now. And and I remember I read something from uh, Josh McDowell. And Josh McDowell is an author. He said this based on Jesus' words in the Bible. I started reading the Bible to kind of put for myself. He says based on Jesus' words in Scripture. Just take Jesus' words. Just what he says. You have three options. He's either a lunatic, right? The whole living water passage. Woohoo! Right? He's a liar, straight up bald faced liar. Or he's Lord. He is who he is. Just taking Jesus' words from Scripture, no commentary. Just read what Scripture. Just read what Jesus says, and you have three options. He's he's cray cray, right? He's lying. Or he's Lord. He is who he says he is. And so I did all my research, and I just came to a place where, okay, wow. And, and I remember in my apartment in Venice, no, I was in Venice. I was seeking, I'm like watching these Christian shows. Right? You want to know when I like first meal down <laughs> in my apartment on Christian TV? You ever hear those guys on TV like, if you're at home, right? It was weird because I had a roommate. And he wasn't he wasn't home yet. And I, I was like, this is weird. I hope he doesn't walk in. Because the guy's like, if you're at home and God's speaking to you, like, he's speaking to me. He's <laughs> so like, get on your knees, right? And like, pray this prayer. And I'm like, I hope he doesn't come home. Hurry up, dude. Talk quick here. You might come home. But I share that with you because because it was at that point when my story changed, and it was a process. I still didn't get it. I still didn't understand it. My wife got me my first Bible. I didn't even know you could own a Bible, let alone leather with your name on it. <laughs> and then you're allowed to write in it. What? You know? So all this story—it's a new story. It's a new life, and 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 I had to let go of the old story, the stuff I was familiar with, the stuff that I hung my identity on, my esteem, all of that. And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. and I'm still in that. Anyone still in the ah between the two? Right, we're all there. Just as we continue to write this story together, 
And so this morning, we, we call this place the well. And we want you to know that Jesus knows your story. And he loves you. Grace. The Bible says it's, it's, we're saved by grace. It's unmerited favor. None of us can earn it. None of us have. And the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. When you think, faith, faith is just resting. You, all of you right now are exhibiting faith. Do you know that? You're exhibiting faith in what? The chair. Is anybody here nervous? No, you're not. You're, right. you're, you're relaxed. Some of you are sleeping. It's good. You have so much faith in that chair, you have fallen asleep. That's what faith in Jesus is. It's just resting. It's resting. <sighs> really? Yeah, I know your story. Yeah, but Lord, I'm kind of... Uh, really? I know your story. It's okay, just rest. Just rest. And then the living water passage, you know, it starts to make sense over time. But this morning, know that Jesus knows your story. He loves you. He invites you in to rest in a relationship with Weeks ahead, we're going to, like I said, write the story of Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship at the well. If God willing, you put it on your heart to join us, we'd love to have you. And we'll just see what he does. We'll just see what he does. I love when Jesus says, I will build my church. It's his church. We're just stewards of it for the time that we have left on this planet. It's his church. He's going to build it his way. All he asks us to do is, Love him, love each other, be true to scripture. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for our time together. Thank you that through the example of this conversation at the well, we can rest in the knowledge that you know our story, just like you knew the story of the Samaritan woman. And so this morning, Jesus, in the, in the celebration and all the busyness of our first service, we don't want to miss the opportunity for people to rest in you. To put their faith in Jesus. Maybe, maybe this is still a brand new story and it doesn't quite make sense. And, woo, it's a lot to take in, but that's okay. Because you know our story. And you love us right where we are. And if you're here this morning, the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith, not by words, lest anyone should boast. The Bible says God demonstrates his love and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if you're here this morning and you never put your faith in Jesus, you can do so just the best way you know how, resting in his finished work at the cross. Just rest in what Jesus did for you on the cross. Receive the gift of salvation. And then walk with him every day in writing a new story. In writing a new story.